Sounds different, huh? This, this is Tavis Smiley. We were just in conversation with Bruce George, who uh, is the founder of the Geniuses Common Movement these days, but was a co-founder of Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO back in the day. We moved from that conversation to a dialogue right now with the current Poet Laureate of San Francisco, Tongo Eisen Martin. Uh, Tongo, good to have you on this program. How are you today, sir? Hey, hey. Um, great to be with you. I'm a little under the weather, man, but it's, it's an honor to be with you. Well, I'm glad to, uh, to have you on, and I thank you for taking uh, these few minutes uh, to talk to us, given that you're under the weather. There are a few things I want to I talk to you about, including... Of course, uh, the grand tribute uh, this weekend in San Francisco at the historic Castro Theater uh, to the late, great poet Diane DePrima. We'll talk about that in a moment uh, for those listening to this program in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, a great event this weekend, uh, again, celebrating the life, legacy, the work and witness of Diane DePrima. We'll do that a little bit later in this dialogue. But again, since I was just talking to Bruce George about the impact of Deaf, uh, Deaf Poetry Jam all those years ago, I suspect that one of the things that a poet laureate of any city does, especially in San Francisco, uh, is inspire others to consider uh, and to support and to embrace the movement, yes or no? Yes, uh, absolutely, you know, especially seeing that, uh, you know, what's crucial to movement work now is that kind of cultural project where uh, the the project of cultural transformation to get, get, get us to relate to each other, relate to ourselves in a way that's more conducive to resistance, mm. uh, poetry is, is crucial. Yep. Um, one of the things that Bruce and I was just talking about, and I couldn't wait to get you on Tongo to get your take on this, because I know your take's going to be different than his or mine, and I'm anxious to hear it. He was saying that uh, Deaf Poetry Jam came into existence back in the day, as he put it, because America was in a reflective, a reflective moment. And I asked him um, to what extent he thinks America is now in a reflective moment. And as I was talking, I said, maybe not reflective, but reflexive. Is it either? Is it both? You tell me. So is America right now, uh, when it comes to the way we can address these issues vis-a-vis our artistic expression, are we in a reflective moment or a reflexive moment? I think all of all of the above, mm-hmm. plus uh, just kind of off the rails <laughs> at mm-hmm. this point. Um, you know, we we just I think we see with the, you know, just with with capitalism basically operating in uh, in permanent crisis um, with the, you know, with the the kind of the, the terrible hegemony that 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 is necess- that's necessary for us to uh, to internalize. Um, you know, the, uh, I'm, I, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, there was a, uh, there's a problem with my mother in the, um, in the background, but in, in answer to the, um, in answer to the question, um, you know, poetry, um, you know, enters this, enters this, this equation, uh, in a crucial time, but it's, but it's, it's still kind of, you know, beholden to the rules of organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the need for uh, organizations of uncompromising politics that are really appropriate to social contradictions to kind of lead the way. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, I, I think the, the stronger uh, artistic movements of the past, um, you know, were 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 tied to um, heightening, you know, organizing and growing militancy and. Uh, growing sophistication 
in in the way we we um we unify. Yeah. So we're in this. I mean, we're always you know in a in a society like this, or really in an empire like this, we're always at a precipice uh, because it's you know it's it's really just an environment created by a monopoly of violence, and that, that trickles all throughout. Yeah. You know our social reality, so it's always we're always uh, against the wall and in trouble. But how we respond, uh, uh, we we do well to kind of step up our organizing efforts along with you know our kind of artistic integrity. I want I want to interrogate this uh, monopoly of violence that you referenced a moment ago. Let me just ask first before I do that. Um, if your precious mother is okay, we, we, we step aside for mothers around here in emergency. So if your mama ain't okay, uh, we ain't got to move forward. But is, is your precious mother <laughs> no, all right? No, number no. one. You know, she is, she's okay. She's just, you know, man, she's getting up there and, uh, yeah. you know, just having some, uh, having some, some problems with balance, but she's, she's good. Yeah, yeah. T- t- tell me, since since we went there, um, and you're a poet, and this is all about expression. Tell me about your mother. I'm just curious now. Well, man, you know she's a she was a she was a veteran of the 1960s radical movements. You know, really uh, took the gloves off and took on empire, and 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 really raised me with that political immune system that would. You know, served me well through this, this you know, these, these kind of decades of relative uh, low tide. I mean, we see movement uh, coming back around uh, now. Before for a long time, you know, to to, to hold on to your, to your principles uh, and to try to produce some kind of political praxis that was that was worthy was extremely difficult. So, you know, even when the Having a revolutionary mother was crucial when the world kind of isn't playing along, you know, with with, with more uh, radical consciousness. Yeah, no, I um I, I can hear uh, in your description of your mother that uh, that you got it honest. Um, so what whatever it is uh, that allowed the city of San Francisco to choose you as its poet laureate, uh, you got it honest from your mother, and uh, we uh, of course. Uh, uh, send all good wishes and, and prayers for your for your mother's uh, well being um, in the days in the days ahead. Let me let me now interrogate um, this this frame that you raised a moment ago. This monopoly of violence that we find ourselves in. Unpack that notion of a monopoly of violence in America right now. Right. So you know, and, and really, you know, this is all you know lifted from greater minds than mine, but. I think if you look at kind of the origin of the United States, and, and if we're really honest, that you know the origin of the United States is the this invention of whiteness, and this whiteness, more than privilege, is really a deputization because the creation of the United States itself is really just a, a successful attempt uh, to to secure uh, slave operations. We know that that you know the the bulk of, of slavery uh, began in the in the Caribbean, but it was untenable. They were these islands were were powder powder kegs, and so these so called sounding uh, parents, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they figured out that they could solve this uh, this problem, solve this equation with the expansion of space with space and importing more Europeans to serve as this this uh buffer class. And so it's just it's important for us to keep in mind that violence and how it's, you know, really masterfully organized mm. uh by this empire through the um 
through the centuries is just as much a principal generator of reality, if not more than, you know, profit and kind of individual creature gain. Do, do, do you really believe that this monopoly of violence that you're talking about in America today is, as you put it, masterfully organized? I, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, I do. And I, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's massively organized in that we are all walking around very, very inhibited. And mm-hmm. though we might be inspired to move beyond that inhibition mm-hmm. from time to time, for the most part, our consciousness is built around a conformity mm. to the status quo and, and violence, uh, you know, both surgical and, you know, in mass is, is what is what keeps that boat afloat. Uh, when you talk to a, a poet, you expect uh, great lines, and I've had a few of them already. You've heard a few already. Uh, but uh, when he says our consciousness is connected to conformity, that may be the line of the day, that too uh, too often, for too many of us, our consciousness is connected to conformity. I've had some great lines today. That may be the one that I hold on to for the rest of the day. What does it mean to have your consciousness connected to conformity? What can you do about that? Uh, I'll be wrestling with that the rest of the day. When we come forward, we'll continue our conversation with the Port Laureate of the City of San Francisco, Tongo Ison Martin on Tavis Smile. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? ideas. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Our guest is Tongo Ison Martin. He is the current Poet Laureate of the City of San Francisco. I wanted him on this program uh, for two reasons uh, today specifically. Number one, as I said earlier, I believe that artists are the gatekeepers of truth. Artists are the gatekeepers of truth in our society. Uh, and uh, I am always delighted to be in conversation with artists, whether they be music artists, uh, writers, sculptors. Uh, if they're artists, uh, I, there's a good chance I'll want to talk to them because I love uh, being in dialogue with artists because, again, I believe uh, their work and witness um, uh, keeps that gateway open to whatever truth we can be exposed to uh, in this place called America. That's number one. Number two, uh, there's a there's an event this weekend in San Francisco. So for those who are now listening to this nationally syndicated program, uh, if you're listening in San Francisco, um, then there's a great program this weekend at the Castro Theater honoring the life and legacy, the work and witness of Diane DePrima. Um, this radio show is flagshipped in L.A. I'm in Lemert Park right now, uh, and we are heard in L.A. on KBLA Talk 1580, my home station. I have the honor uh, in L.A. every day of following Di- uh, Dominique DePrima. Uh, Dominique DePrima is the daughter of Diane DePrima and the great poet Amira Baraka. Talk about coming from good stock. When your daddy is Amir Baraka and your mama is Diane DePrima, uh, you can't help but be creative in a variety of ways. So Dominique uh, comes from great stock. And we were saddened when she lost uh, her mother uh, during COVID. Uh, and there was not the opportunity to celebrate uh, the, the work of Diane DePrima in the way that it should have been celebrated. A huge piece in the New York Times uh, when she passed away about her contribution to the arts. So I, I celebrated the New York Times piece that some of you may have read and seen about Diane DePrima, this great poet. Uh, who was the San Francisco Port Laureate herself at one point in her life. And so uh, I'm not going to say you trying to fill big shoes, Tongo, but uh, what, say you about the, <laughs> what say you about the legacy, uh, the artistic legacy of Diane DePrima? I uh, mean, a- absolutely impossible shoes to fill. I mean, uh, Diane DePrima is just one of those rare, rare minds that really sit 
at the really at the the the, the crossroads of various modes of humanization, whether it's spiritual, uh, political, or artistic. She really is in this kind of pocket that only her, a couple of other artists, and the prophet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, uh, really, really engaged, man. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's an honor to be just one of the, um, you know, one of the many people celebrating her uh, this Sunday. Yep. Um, uh, that celebration will be um, August the 6th this weekend, uh, Sunday, at the uh, historic uh, San Francisco's uh, uh, Castro Theater. Uh, so, again, that's this Sunday, August the 6th, for those of you in the Bay Area, those who want to travel to the Bay Area to celebrate the life and legacy of Diane DePrima. Once again, this Sunday, August 6th, at the historic Castro Theater in San Francisco, a celebration of the life of Diane DePrima. When we come forward in our remaining moments with uh, the current Port Lord of San Francisco, Tongo Ison Martin, he's going to share one of his pieces with us. What a great way to close today's show. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Tavis Smiley, Tavis Smiley. continues when we come forward. 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 Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. Okay, you can't have the uh, current Port Lord of San Francisco on without asking him to read a piece, to share a piece with us. Uh, again, he uh, is uh, in the seat that uh, was once held by Diane DePrima, uh, the late San Francisco Port Lawyer, who will be honored this weekend, August the 6th, Sunday, at an event uh, in San Fran uh, at the historic Castro Theater. That said, Tongo, Ison Martin, tell me what uh, you're going to share with us, and we got three minutes to let you do your thing, brother. Right on, there's a, a poem called Third in the World. Um, these uh, societies wander together like hopeful drops of a virus. Citizen testaments bent on offing me, a nation of breadwinners to hold me back like it's a brink. I wrinkle the concrete sometimes like flesh. My Martin Luther King permanence turned away from a podium into the reeds like God is a dangerous twin. Black August to the mountaintop balcony on my bedroom floor. You know, they steal you from the earth itself and suspend you in your broken neck from their foolish euphoria. From the loyalty out to their great superstition, loyalty out to their agrarian reform, I returned to my mother completely disrespected. For peeling the heat off of purgatory, they kill poets like me. Walk me away from my poems never to be heard from again. In this final industrial complex of bloodlines picked over, picked through a sporting spiritual death that your devil at least has made police become a pretty word. I'm reading a lynch mob shoestrings like they were tea leaves, teaching you how to write about cities. It's the 25th century in the mirror, people. Tyranny against your chump change your chump to be mocked even with a gun in your car. A cubit of needlework spelled tuned for the proletariat, the relapse ministry. Talented people curled up in a fetal position next to a diamond dime. Just another service day in the theatrics of tea house fascism, in the bouquet of surveillance cameras, in the poverty of God. New blue eyes, courses of water, a newly potted presidency of one big shiny corny desk of animated capitalism, another non-literal boy killing his white freedom, the deification of hyphens, medicine bread and picture shows, great protesters in L.A., guests of our ink, drop-kicking roses in the graveyard, D.C. make like a stone torn in half, dependent advances, despite CIA guideposts, despite non-African past and futures, a metaphorical but not surreal day in the horn-ridden life, horn player, improvising king. Like a radio price fight featuring Shango himself, a real hand sweeps the land of racism. Now return to the ground. Now make progress with the gun on our mother Emmanuel they put on music that evening. 
a swing type body language for you to drink with fermented five dollar bills. For your body language, some applause, my past stomach lining. Neither a good thing nor a bad thing, like being psychic on the way to a lethal injection. It'll sit you down with Lady Day. Lady Day leading youth who surrendered their souls to Africa too soon. Polly thought floating in the cup of water, she saved me, accessing my stomach, accessing the love of the American lynch. Cold sleeves with an avalanche into the wrist. I'm Mother Emanuel. Avalanche into the sharp keys. Pain. The deal you make with pain. A piano makes sense for them. Laying hands on the world gradually. Addressing the bend and necks on the streets of the north. Traveling, sailing in pain, repeating pain in the north. Ten trigger fingers on that piano if harmony would have me. Putting a hundred fights on every direction off of the lady day. Leaning on trees again, recruiting the countryside itself, saying, lay your plan out on this lightning. Make your poems a corner pocket of men. I've greased the blues itself. America may clean my dead body, but will never include me. There goes the poet. Killing without killing. Never mind this little tainting of your language. May I be a meaningful lynching. A crow's passing. Good and dead by the afternoon. He's Tongo Ison Martin. He's the poet laureate of San Francisco. Tongo, thanks for sharing that piece. Hope you feel better. Thanks for talking to us, uh, even though you're under the weather, and sharing that piece with us. And all the best to your precious mother, man. We're pulling in praying for both of you. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you so much, brother. Good to have you on this program. That's our program for today. Back tomorrow to do it all over again. Thanks for tuning in to Tavis Smiley. And as always, keep the faith. <laughs>